Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast will be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. We are an ever-evolving community of visionaries, dreamers, and doers who have been called by God. Good. Called to live, commanded to love, and commissioned to serve and hear at FCBC. How do we say it, family? We live, we love, we serve. Amen. Listen, turn with me to the book of Genesis. That should really be easy to find. Just open the Bible to the first. And you, Genesis 50. Familiar story. I want to come at it a little different today. Genesis 50, verses 19 and 20. Genesis 50, 19 and 20. I'm reading for the New Revised Standard Version. I'm going to get you out today. Fret not. Somebody said last week, Pastor, how we started service earlier and still got out a little later. And I was like, well, one, you know, it was communion and then we was caught up in the spirit. See, the reason we started early is giving us some more time to worship. See, I'm missing this moment. So we're going to get out when we get out. <laughs> Genesis 50 and 19 and 20. All right. But Joseph said to them, do not be afraid. Am I in the place of God? Even though you intended to do harm to me, God intended it for good in order to preserve a numerous people as he is doing today. Amen. Come on, let's pray. God, we thank you for this time. Thank you for this sacred moment. Thank you for this season, oh God. We are unstoppable. Thank you for that reminder every day, oh God. That mantra for the year is the one that will empower, that will enliven, that will strengthen us in those difficult moments. We are unstoppable. We thank you and we honor you, God. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Good. Remain standing. Let me read that again. Genesis 50, 19 and 20. But Joseph said to them, do not be afraid. I am in the place of God. Even though you intended to do harm to me, God intended it for good in order to preserve a numerous people as he is doing today. Or in some of y'all translate, which you meant for evil. God meant for good. Amen. Amen. Put your hands together and give the Lord a hand clap of praise. You take your seat. I want this morning to talk about unstoppable dreams. Unstoppable dreams. It's been said that those who have the audacity to dream also have the capacity to change the world. Those who are not afraid to dream, but then to combine their capacity to dream with their courage and their confidence. 
to make those dreams come into reality are powerful people. It is not just enough to be a dreamer if you're not also committed to seeing those dreams come alive. If you're not committed to doing what it takes to allow those dreams to land in the realm of reality. I once said years ago, and I've since evolved because I've learned a few more things, it was a time when I would have said, be careful who you share your dream with. I would have said that, and I'm sure I did say that at one time. Now, I'm going to take those words, not back, but shift and evolve since we are ever evolving. I'm going to say, don't be afraid to put your dreams out into the universe. Who's hearing and who's listening is of no consequence. There was a time when you would say and think that if I put my dream out there, I got to be careful because someone may take my dream and then try to take it as their own and move it. But here, if you believe that, then you don't believe that what God gave for you is for you. No matter how much someone tries to co-opt it or tries to use it or tries to manipulate it, if it is what God has placed in your spirit, don't be afraid to put it in the universe because you are declaring that you believe in it so much that you're not afraid to be held accountable by the words that come out of your mouth. So don't be reluctant to put your dream in the universe. Don't be hesitant to put your dream in the atmosphere. Because on some levels, what you cannot do is control what people do or what people say in reaction to the dream you put out into the universe. You cannot control, again, what people say or what people do. So therefore, what people may say in response to your dream or what people may do possibly out of even envy of your dream cannot stop the dream from coming to fruition. In fact, I'm going to say it again. When you put it into the universe, you now give an opportunity for the universe to partner with you and with the God who shaped you, created you, and gave birth to the dream to come to pass. So don't be afraid because someone may take it, co-opt it, not believe it, respond negatively to it. It doesn't matter. It was put in you. Those seeds were placed in you. That dream was placed in you. That vision was placed in you. And it becomes your responsibility, not those around you to even assist you, because that's not your word. It is your responsibility to do whatever you can to make that dream come to fruition. But here's the one thing. You have to be relentless in your dream and in your dreaming. You cannot stop. You cannot hold back. You must be unstoppable with your dreams and believe in your heart that no matter what happens, once you put your dreams into the universe happens, no matter what happens, the good, the bad, or the indifferent, it will not stop you from declaring. It will not stop you from professing. It will not stop you from opening your mouth and putting it out there. Now, Truth be told, sometimes when you don't put it out there, you may use those other reasons as, well, as a reason why you're afraid. I'm afraid to put it out because someone may take my dream. Don't tell the truth. I'm afraid to put it out because I don't want to let everybody know what I'm doing. Don't tell the truth. Sometimes you're afraid to put it out because you know once you put it out, you're held accountable to it. 
And sometimes we don't want to put that dream out because we're afraid of the responsibility and the work that may be associated with putting dreams in the atmosphere. Don't say I'm waiting on God to do it while you're stuck in the space of nothingness. Don't say that I'm putting it out there for God to make a way when you're stuck and refuse to participate in the manifestation of your dream. I know what God can do. I know what God has done. I know what God has planted in me. But then what do you know about yourself? So that you can partner with God. There it is. Let me partner with God in the manifestation of my dream. What's the work? You have to do. And sometimes the work can manifest itself in many ways. But the primary work you have to do when it comes to the dream that's in your spirit after you declare it is to believe it. You got to believe it. It means nothing if you don't believe it. They're just nice words. They're beautiful ideas. But you got to believe it. I mean, way down in your gut, in your belly, in your spirit. Do you believe the dream you put into the atmosphere? Do you believe it? Or are you holding on to what you know, afraid of what may come if you put it in the universe and start saying things like, well, what if it don't happen? And what if I don't see it? And well, maybe it's not time or, or maybe I misheard it. No, stop talking yourself out of your best possibility. Don't allow your fear to come in the midst of your declaration and then almost undermine your declaration because of your fear. Don't do it. If you believe it and believe in it, don't be afraid to declare it and then don't talk yourself out of it. Not only allow your words to move, but let your body, your actions be in alignment with your words. Because when your words and your actions meet, something profound begins to take place. Our reality begins to be constructed in connection with your words and your actions. When people don't understand the things you are doing, they don't understand your actions and they don't fully understand your dream and they see your action that's connected to your dreams and they don't understand it. You just tell them, I am constructing the reality connected to my dreams. If they don't understand your work, you tell them, I'm constructing the reality connected to my dreams. If they don't understand why you stay up late writing down your notes, reading this and getting prepared, you tell them, I'm the architect of this reality that's on the way and I'm participating in constructing the dream that I declared because if I'm going to declare it, I'm ready to construct it at the same time and do whatever it takes within my spirit to get my mind, my heart, my body ready because the worst thing is to declare a dream and you're not ready when it shows up. No, that's it. I already said, I already said, you can't control how people respond and react. But don't let the potential irrational behavior of those who hear you declare your dream stop you from declaring it. You may not know Joseph's story completely. I, I'm just going to give you a few snapshots. But what you need to understand is that dreams are unstoppable. I know you might be saying to yourself, I don't know about that, Pastor. I, I had some dreams back in the day that, that, that ain't really come alive yet. Well, hold on. I didn't say dreams. Well, no. No, because sometimes we dream dreams and don't have any timetable connected to it.
So just as you're thinking, I don't know, Pastor, I've had some dreams that I ain't seen yet. Well, you ain't seen them yet, but you're still breathing, right? So that means that as long as you are still alive, that means there's still time to what? See them come alive. Joseph was sitting out there in the field one day, gathering the wheat with his brothers. And, and then right there, while they in the field working, Joseph was like, look, y'all, I had a dream. And in my dream, I, I saw I, I saw us all with bundles of wheat. But while we were gathering the bundles, my bundle stood up straight. And, and y'all bundles bowed down to my bundle. He repeated it to his father. He was like, I had a dream. I saw, I saw the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bow down. Father was incensed. Brothers outraged because it would have seemed as though he was saying that there would come a day when they all had to bow down to him. And they couldn't handle it. You know what's deep? I'm not afraid to share dreams. But when you share them, understand that everyone may be guided upon here or some people by their own interpretation. Because some people's assumptions of what the dream means to them may be their projection of how they feel about themselves. Oh, you, you didn't get that. They heard your dream, internalized your dream, and then gave it back based on where they were, not who you are. You, you, you following me? I mean, I mean, they got outraged and enraged with Joseph. But the scripture, Revelation, never says that Joseph got upset. Because, again, you can't control how people respond to the dream you put in the universe. And so if you can't control how they respond, why let their response change your attitude? Oh, somebody needs to hear that today. If you can't control their response, but you can control your reaction, why do you let their response cause a negative reaction in you? So they, they are enraged. And watch this. They then allow their anger to fuel their action. Y'all missing this connection. I already said that when you put your dream out there, your dream needs to be in alignment with your actions. But here it is. Those brothers who could not handle the dream didn't let their actions be in alignment with their reaction to Joseph's dream. You, you catch that? Pause. Maybe you missed it. It's amazing how, how people claim to believe in God, who trust God, don't always put their actions in alignment with God. But then the people who are envious because of what God is doing in you know how to put their actions in alignment with their jealousy they have no problem constructing plans and 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 schemes to undermine you but here you are with the dream and you're afraid to allow your action to be in alignment with your dream because of fear it may not come to fruition watch this they are so believing in your dream that they will create a mechanism to stop it no 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 that, now hold on you hear this you share the dream you're not fully convinced, but the ones who hear it and upon hearing your dream, it gives birth to envy and jealousy who then let their actions be in alignment with their emotions, trying to undermine you. That means they believe in your dream. 
Yeah, yeah, you you missing that. If they didn't believe in your dream, they wouldn't have conspired to undermine you. And here you are hesitant about the dream that other people believe so much, they feel they got to stop it from manifesting. You hear that? In fact, their opposition is a signifier of the authenticity and the power of the dream you put in the atmosphere because their reaction actually told you about the audaciousness of your dream. They start conspiring. I'm not going to stay there long. That's another sermon for another day. I actually preached it before, but you got to catch this. They decide they want to kill him. The one brother said, no, we can't kill him. He's our brother. They throw him in a pit. You don't heard all kinds of stuff about this scene. They put him in a pit. Some, 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 some rogues come along and they find him in a pit. The brothers have lied. They told him that the brother was killed and attacked. And they put him in a pit. They then sold him into slavery. I mean, all of this. Watch this. I'm not going to tell the whole thing, but you got to see it. They sell him into slavery. They first want to kill him because of his dream. That's a whole nother thing. They want to kill him because of his dream. They want to kill him. They want to assassinate him because of his dream. In fact, one day after he told them the dream and, and he was coming along the way, they said, oh, look, the dreamer cometh. Ain't that deep? They done changed his whole name. They didn't say our brother. They didn't say Joseph. The dreamer comes. And then they said, let us kill him. Let us kill him and see what becomes of the dream. That's deep. Let us kill him and see what happens to the Y'all miss it. Let's kill him because they thought that if kill him, that they would kill the dream. That they were so fearful of the dream, they wanted to kill the dreamer. And you confused when folk line up to destroy you because of your bold dream? No. I'm going to say it again. It is validation of the authentic nature and the power of your dream. The more people try to undermine it, the power, more powerful that dream actually is. So here it is. They decide not to kill him and throw him in a pit. They sell him into slavery. He's rescued from those who enslave him, pull him out the pit. They didn't sell him again. He ends up at Potiphar's house, who's an official in Egypt. Y'all know the story. Maybe you don't, but I'm going to tell it real quick. He ends up in Potiphar's house. He goes from his brother's hatred to his brother's conspiring to kill him. They don't kill him. They put him in the pit, and then they sell him into slavery. And then once he's in slavery, he ends up in Potiphar's house, sold again in Potiphar's house. Watch this. Watch this. The dreamer ain't dead which means the dream ain't dead either. Now, what you got to notice, I'm going to pause for a second, I'm going to tell you the rest of the story, but at no point does Joseph, Alicia, ever retell his dream. He already put it into the universe. It's already been believed by him, and that means in everything that is going on underneath, above, the dream is being worked out. You got to get that. I don't know how else to describe it. Here, it's being worked out. Here, things are happening. But what's happening here can't affect what's going on up here. Up here is the realm where the universe is conspiring. The forces that God has created are conspiring. Down here is all the things that are trying to assault, assassinate, destroy it. But down here can impact what's up here. That's why when you're dealing with circumstances here, keep your spirit focused on what's going on here because here is where God is moving. What do you mean? Down here, brothers hate him. Up here, dreams still moving. Down here, sold into slavery. Up here, dreams still moving. Down here, Potiphar's wife 
liked what she saw and wanted a piece of Joseph. I don't know how else to put it. She wanted some of Joseph. Y'all do. And Joseph understood. Boy, I wish I had some time today. That when you are in pursuit and living in the dream you have declared, distractions come in many forms. Why? Okay. Here's a philosophical question. Is it really a distraction if you don't like it? What I don't like can't distract me. It's when what, it, what, what, what comes my way is packaged in a way that it can be appealing to me. Then it becomes a distraction. Now your power has to be even deeper when the distraction comes along. Because the most dangerous thing that believers can do is spiritualize the distraction. Without being honest about it being something you want. Okay, y'all might have missed that. One day, Potiphar's wife grabs Joseph. He's trying to get away from the distraction. Because let me tell you something. There comes a time you got to know when to run. <laughs> I'll talk about that another day. She grabs on Joseph, got his garment. Then she turns around and lies. And then says that Joseph basically tried to assault her. Potiphar liked Joseph because he was doing something. But Potiphar couldn't handle this man in his house attacking his wife. Put him in jail. Down here, y'all missing this. But up here, God's still moving. Dream's still working. He's in jail now. He went from his brother's jealousy to the pit, to enslavement, to Potiphar's house. Now he's in jail, all down here. And not one time does Joseph ever echo or question the dream he had. You got to get that. Which means that what is happening here does not affect Joseph here. Because the dream is in his spirit, it's in his heart. He believes it so that the circumstances don't shift his relationship with the dream. Oh, man, you got to get that. I'm going to say it again. What is happening to him does not change his relationship to the dream. He still believes. He still trusts. I'm going to keep saying it. What has happened? The circumstances, the trouble, the imprisonment, the confinement, the lies, the deception, the jealousy, the envy, the bitterness, the hatred. None of that impacts how he relates, relates to his dream. Again, I told you at the beginning, you can't control what people do when they hear your dream or the circumstances around you, but you can control your relationship with the thing that you believe. He gets in jail. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, in jail, he's there, in prison. In prison, in jail, I'm talking to you, in jail, Alicia, in prison, Alicia, in jail, like I said, and in prison. And in prison and in jail, still believing in the dream, he discovers. Hold on. He started by sharing a dream. But in prison, he discovers another gift. He can interpret dreams. Y'all missing this. In jail, held captive, in prison. But that didn't stop the revelation and the insight and the discovery of a new dream. Oh, man, I, I'm trying to say it right. He discovered something new 
about his ability in a circumstance that should have crushed his spirit. He knew he didn't deserve to be there. He knew he didn't do anything. He knew that he was being lied on and he gets in prison. He does not crawl into a corner of despair, self-pity or misery in jail, in confinement, held captive under false pretenses. He discovered a new gift. Can you imagine when the circumstances are so hellish, but your spirit is still open for revelation? That things going on in your life are so brutish, but your spirit is still open for something new that God might do. And here it is. You never hear that Joseph prayed for God to get him out. He just stood there in the midst of it and discovered, you know what? If I can interpret, no, okay. If I can discover new gifts in my captivity, what else may be waiting for me here? It is not that the captivity was ordained by God. Because then there's those people who say, well, you know, God wanted this. I know. But what if that no matter what your situation, God can shift that space? He interprets dreams. A cupbearer is in there. He don't even know it. The confined are having conversation. The captives are talking. In prison, he interprets dreams so that when the one whose dream was interpreted gets out of prison, the one who Joseph was speaking with now rises to be the cupbearer of the king of Pharaoh. Pharaoh has dreams that guess what? He don't know what they mean. Pharaoh has dreams that he he doesn't know what they mean. The cupbearer said, when I was in prison. There was a brother who interpreted my dream. King, I think if you get him out of jail, he'll interpret your dream. Hold on. Pharaoh said, go get him. Y'all ain't seeing this. The chains were broken because of the new gift. Oh, y'all missed that. I know you missed that. The gift he discovered in captivity made a way for him to break the chains. Because he became necessary. Oh, God. Remember, all this is happening down here. But also down here was the discovery of new gifts. Also down here was the necessity of what Joseph possessed. He gets out. He interprets Pharaoh's dreams. He said, it means, Pharaoh, that a famine is coming. You saw seven cows full, seven cows sleep by the Nile. He said, it means that you've got seven years to gather enough because you're going to have seven years of famine. Watch this. But then Joseph said, but you're going to need somebody to oversee this process. Oh. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You mean the dreamer became an interpreter and now chief of agriculture. Y'all missing this. All, all he did at first was talk about the dream. But then the manifestation of new possibilities come in captivity because the dreamer never let go of that unstoppable dream. Pharaoh says, you will be over everything. No one in this place will have more power than you other than me. Now, I could get real churchy right there. I ain't going to do it yet. But you need to follow this. The unstoppable nature of your dreams also creates spaces where discovery of other gifts connected to the dream 
may come alive. But watch this. If you sometimes spend your energy fighting mad because of the circumstances down here and you let them affect your attitude up here, you don't get a chance for the elevation necessary in your life. I'm really done. But watch this. He gets out. I'm cutting this story real short. He gets out. Joseph is the man. The famine hits. The Pharaoh did everything he said. The storehouses are plentiful. Everybody will be provided for. And then he sends for his family to make sure his family gets where they need to be so that they can be provided for in the midst of the famine that is over the land. Do you catch this? The brothers can't believe it. In fact, most folk who mistreat you can't understand when you show grace. Y'all didn't catch that. I'm talking to the folk right now who you know there are people in your life who've been trying to work against you, folk who've been talking about you, people who mean you no good, who manipulate you, who misuse you, who abuse you, who don't have any good interest for you, and yet they are confused when you show grace. How can you show grace to people who don't like you? How do you show grace to folk who you know can't stand you? Why? Because you realize the reason why you don't like me ain't got nothing to do with me because it was always bigger than me from day one. My share in the dream it had nothing to do with you. It's what I believe God would do in me. The reason why I won't let you change my attitude is because from the day one, I knew it was bigger than me. Joseph is in position to bless the folk who wanted to kill him. And he don't treat them the way they would have treated him. Why? Because he knows that every step of the way down here, God was keeping him, man. God was sustaining him, man. God was protecting him. And so they get to the point, they've been rescued, they've been redeemed, and then their father dies. Here's what you got to get in chapter 50. The brothers are saying, listen, dad is gone. He made it clear. Possibly the reason why he was good to us, Joseph, is because our father was alive. Now our father's dead. Watch this. Read the story. The brothers didn't lie. You know, Joseph, dad, dad's dying wish was that you, you would forgive us and take care of us and make sure you didn't, you didn't treat us the way we treated you. That's what dad wanted. They lied. Read the story. Lied on their dead father for fear. Joseph then raised a question. There's two interpretations of this scene. One thing when he says, am I not in the place of God? In other words, you all are worried about judgment, but judgment ain't in my hands. That's one interpretation I've heard over the years. But then I read something deeper when I started reading from the Hebrew. It didn't give the impression that he was saying, am I God? He said, am I not in the place that God is? Hold on. You missed that. No matter what you did, it didn't take me out of the place that I am with God. Wait on. Hold on. Hold on. Folk trying to figure out. 
why are you unstoppable? It's because no matter what you do, you can never move me out of the place I am with God. That's why I know that what you meant for evil, God turned it around for my good. Because there was never a moment where I was not in God's presence. There was never a moment where I was not protected by God. And there will never be a moment, beloved, where you are out of God's presence. Can I help you? Those situations down here, as negative as they may be, still in the presence of God. The psalmist said, where can I go, God, that I'm not in your presence and you cannot be found? That means no matter where you are, God is there. The unstoppability of your dreams are connected to the unstoppability of the God that you serve. And as long as you stay connected to the God who's the architect of your life, your dreams will always remain what? Unstoppable. And you've got to know that today. What they meant for evil, God made it for my good. And that's why I don't have to be angry with you because you don't like me. Because I know in the fullness of time, you'll find a way back to shifting your attitude because it was never about me. If they really understood the dream, what the dream was saying is that one day I'll be in a position to bless you. Because this dream wasn't just for me. One day I'll be in a position to change your life. Because this dream was bigger than me. And instead of being mad and building barriers, I'll use my position to open doors and create ways. If God has elevated your life, God did not elevate your life just for you. God didn't give you that dream just for you. Because that dream is bigger than you. It's about those who will be blessed through you and by you. That's why it's unstoppable because it's bigger than you. Do me a favor, stand to your feet today. Listen, a few things. One, in 2019, some may not remember because I've heard people ask me this and some may forget. They say, Pastor, someone said, Pastor, I want to join the church. I said, have you come to church? Yeah, I've been coming. I said, well, then you you part of the family. <laughs> you, don't, you don't need to go through anything formal. Because a whole lot of folk who are out there watching FCBC ain't never been in this building. They consider themselves part of the family. So we don't do the membership thing. But we do offer baptism. Jesus said that we make disciples by two ways. We baptize and we teach what Jesus taught. So if you're here today watching and you've never been baptized, I'm talking about you ain't been underneath the water. Submersion. <laughs> and that's you today. I'm not even going to ask you to walk down right now after church. 
You can come down to my left, your right, right down here on the front row. And you see these lovely people, these purple shirts on. We'll get all the information, let you know when your date with the water is. All right. But before we go, I want to pray. I, I, I love this moment of prayer because it's a witnessing moment. So if you're here today, you remember my illustration of up here and down here? Here, above the foolishness, above the fray, above the attitude. If you've let go of what was given here because of the foolishness down here, the dream you had, you felt like people were conspiring, things fell apart, and you let it go, and you then relegated yourself to manageable spaces and no longer dreams, but manageable ideas. You stopped being bold. You just figured, hey, I'm getting older now. Let me make sure I'm okay. Let me make sure I can pay my bills. Let me make sure I got my life in order. But every now and again, you watch something on TV or hear something, you think about that dream. And it bothers you for a moment, but then you say, no, I got to be realistic. I got family to raise. I got children to take care of. I got, I got, I got to do the things. And, and then every now and again, you hear those, you, you hear those feelings and you hear the, well, you feel those feelings and you hear those whispers of the dream you once had. There it is. That's the sound of it. That's beautiful timing. Think about that. You heard the sound of the dream you once had. And then for a moment, you feel it. You start looking stuff up online. I know I'm talking to somebody. You start thinking of ways you can get back to it. But then what do you do? I got to be realistic about this. I got a family to take care of. I got bills to pay. I got to. And every time you go through that same tormenting cycle of feeling close to the dream, but then letting it go. And you start thinking it's not for me. Not for me. Maybe I'm getting older now. This is, this is ridiculous. I'm too old for that dream. Who told you that? I got folk in here who said, listen, I went back to school. And I trusted. I went after that project. I met a young man yesterday in D.C. who had dreams of being a journalist. Almost had given him up. Came to FCBC. Stayed here for a while because I always said this is an incubator. Visionaries, dreamers, and doers. Came to me yesterday. He's like, Pastor Mike, he said, you've been watching what's going on in Congress? I didn't first realize who it is. His name was Mike. I didn't first realize who it was. He had a mask on. He said, I was there. I was there. I've been in, in the press box and interviewing the Congress and all that stuff. He said, what is He said, but I would have never gotten here had I not come through FCBC. See? I don't say that be like, oh, we all that. But I know that if you're in this space, it wasn't that God said, go there, join, and sit. Sometimes coming to this space is to remember your dream and then realize that you can go after it. Because something in you says, I got to live the life I was created to live. So if you're here today and you know that you've been that person who let those dreams go because you said life got in the way or I got to be realistic. What's more realistic than your dream? 
But if you've halted, you stopped, you slowed down, and you didn't think it was yours anymore. No. It was some, the scriptures believe, some 13, some even say 20 years between the time Joseph dreamt and the time he rose. And I can tell you, Joseph wouldn't sit around counting years. Because they mean nothing when you hold on to a dream. It's simply when you dreamt it, when you possessed it, presented it, professed it, and you just waited. But you kept on moving. But if you feel like you let some stuff go because you had to be realistic, I'm specific. I want you to come down here today. If this thing moved you today, because now you know you can't just sit with it anymore. You got to go after it. If I spoke to you today, I need you to come out here. Don't be afraid today. Don't be ashamed. Because guess what? Some of you have been cheerleading other people's dreams. Maybe, maybe it's time to cheerlead your dreams now. You've been supporting other people's dreams, and that's beautiful because that shows you're not selfish. Maybe it's time now to encourage your own dream. And guess what? For those of you who are still seated, watch this. Watch this. I'm going to do this prayer different today. Everybody who's up here, right? Turn around. Why? Now, those who upstairs and those who downstairs, I want you to, because I need you to see who you need to encourage before you leave today. I need you to see these faces you need to talk to and tell them, I got your back. I believe in you. You can do it. You're going to make it. It's going to come to pass. Keep being bold. Keep being audacious. Keep believing. Y'all stay right here. I want you to see. Because that's your work today. Get, you ain't got to see them all. See that one person that you're going to talk to before you leave today. Because somebody who's standing here may come right back on your row. And before you leave today, you need to encourage them. Because there's nothing more profound than when a stranger believes in you. When they see it. So don't be ashamed. Because now you're up here, you just told the world that there's something in you, you're ready to come alive. And our responsibility in this house is to make sure we stand as cheerleaders, encouragers, and supporters to make sure that this thing comes to pass in your life. So while I pray, I only want you to close your eyes. Keep your eyes fixed on these folks. So you can see right now who the spirit leads you to be on assignment for. I mean this. And guess what? Those who are standing and looking, your gifts are vast. There's more than one person you can pour into today. You don't have to be no big phrase. You don't have to have all the right words. Just go to them, tell them, I believe in you. This is your season. This is your time. Don't be afraid. Don't turn back. Keep on pursuing. Don't let it go. Keep on believing. This is for you. It belongs to you. 
I'm going to pray. Y'all keep looking. God, thank you for this moment right here. Because God, what good is it to come to church if we can't be community? What good is it to assemble if we can't encourage? So God, we come now lifting those who've come today, giving that nudge, that push, that feeling of encouragement, oh God. There are some, oh God, who've gone through situations and circumstances and life has happened. And sometimes we, we let go of those great and grand aspirations. We let go of those dreams, God. And that doesn't mean anything is wrong with us, oh Lord. That doesn't mean that we've messed up or that you're angry. It means that we know just what we need to do. We know the dream. We know the feeling. We know the vision. So God, we come now because we, we don't want to live beneath our dreams. We want to walk in alignment with them. God, we want to unleash the power that is in each person who's come here today. God, let your spirit arise in ways they can't even understand within them right now, oh God. They are ready to give birth. They've been carrying this baby long enough. And it is time to give birth to that dream. And so God, as they give birth, as they go into the birthing room, oh God, remind them that they are unstoppable. That their dreams are unstoppable. That nothing can stop them, oh God. And remind them most of all to not participate in destroying their dream. My talking themselves out, allowing fear to get in the way. God, remind them who they are. Thank you, God. Thank you for this moment. Thank you for this community who right now is on assignment, oh God to be in solidarity with their brothers and sisters. God, we thank you. We love you. And those of us who are here know just what we need to do. Speak life. Speak words of power. Speak words of encouragement. Speak words, oh God, that will push us to be our best selves. We love you. We honor you. And it's in your name we pray. And we say amen. Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute. If you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward.